Welcome back to the Shin Bonus Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Uh, on this episode, we'll be covering our best 23 for 2024. For those of you who saw on social media, we teased we've got an upcoming interview with a former Shin Boner. So that's been pushed back to later on, probably out next week. So for now, I'll drop a couple of hints. He's a former second round pick, played over 100 games for the Shin Boners, and was a part of some winning finals. So very exciting. I can't wait for that to drop, and hopefully you guys can have a little guess on social media. There's already been a few that have been pretty close, so looking forward to that coming out. But today, we've got the return of the big chief. He's made his way back. He hasn't been happy with not getting as much show time. But yeah, good to have you back, chief. Good to be back, Baza. And I guess the uh, special guest you've got coming up with my second guest, with not many clues. Yeah, so... As I said before, we're doing our best 23 today. Before we get to that, last night there was some breaking news dropped by Eddie Maguire's son on Channel 9 that Taron Thomas has been called to AFL House to answer more questions revolving around a domestic violence claim. We're not sure if it's current or from the past, but not good news for us North fans. You got any thoughts on it, Chief? Yeah, well, it's... Terrible news. We, it's an allegation, so it's innocent until proven guilty. But it's obviously, at best case scenario, it's a vindictive claim from an ex-partner. At worst, it's a serious mat- matter which may go to the police. So we don't know. We, there's no information. We'll learn more in the coming days. If it is serious, it'll be referred to the police and uh, Taron will probably be stood down. Yeah, so there's not much information, as we said, yet. The club put out a short statement yesterday saying that they're looking into it. I think it's important just not to throw the baby out of the bathwater and get too involved. We'll let the process play out, and you'll hear more from us when we have more information. We're not going to make too many claims at the moment, but definitely not the sort of distractions we wanted heading into 2024. No, it's a football podcast and obviously worst case scenario if Taron's not available it's a huge blow for us because I think he's worth two wins to us in the year he's just such a good player for us so we hope all involved uh, come out well. Yeah we saw the impact that he made coming back into the side for the second half of the year last year so hopefully for Taron's case that the allegations are false and he can get back to playing footy. So we'll move on to last week's poll, which was who is the greatest left footer to play for the North Melbourne Footy Club. It was really tight. We had 14% voting other. So if you were one of the people who voted other, just put in the comments below the podcast of who you think, and we'll have a chat about them next episode. So 25% Shannon Grant, 29% Wayne Schwoss, and 32% Barry Cable. What are your thoughts on that, Chief? Well, I think that's about right, but I can mount a case for every player. If you look at Cable, just purely on football, I think he was the best footballer. But he played the least amount of games for North, and he was over 30 for most of them. Uh, he won a Sid, and he was in the te- North Team of the Century, so, but only 115 games. Schwatter, well, he's probably my personal favourite. I didn't vote for him because I didn't think I was just voting on the best football. If you had to pick one to have a whole career with North, I think I'd pick Cable. But uh, Schwatter was a fantastic player. 184 games for North and 97 goals. He won two SIDS and that he beat out Carey, although I think Carey was either injured or suspended for a few of those games. But he was still a very deserving winner. He was a real difference maker in, in that mid-90s with his run and his elite left foot, which is what we're talking about, and he, he was a goal kicker as well. I was pretty devastated when we traded him to Sydney, uh, which ironically was for Grant, who we'll talk about next. And in 99, he, made, he finally made an All-Australian. He couldn't make one under North. We, we probably arguably should have, especially in that 94-95 period. In Sydney, he played what many commentators said was the uh, best midfielder's game ever. I think he had 30, 34 on kick five against West Coast, and it was just a faultless game, really. 
Unfortunately, that was a year after we got rid of him, so that was for Sydney. But, um, yeah, great play, Swatter. You can mount a case for him. And lastly, the man we traded Swatter for, Shannon Grant. He played the most games for North, 243, kicked 323 goals. Uh, he also won a Norm and a Sid Barker medal and an All-Australian. And he was a real... Goal kicker. He played probably more half-forward role time through the midfield, but more half-forward. And he kicked a lot of clutch goals, multiple goals in quarters to get us over the line. So I'll probably go Cable, three, Schwoss, two, Grant, one, as in Brownlow medal votes, three, two, and one. Hard to argue with those ratings there. So after last week's episode of our listener Q&A, I'll put the question up on Spotify if there was any other questions you'd like us to answer next episode. So we have one here from Vitsta on Spotify. I'll throw this to you, the people's champion, Big Chief. We had a lot of depth in our midfield. Some players might struggle to get opportunities. For example, Charlie Lazaro. Any chance we turn him into a tagger similar to Benny Jacobs? Well, it'd be nice to have Benny Jacobs in the team because he was a fantastic tagger. Unfortunately, concussion got hold of him and uh, cut his career short, but he had an 18-month period where he was fantastic. He'd win his own ball and shut the opposition's best midfielder out of the game. Yeah, Tex, out to you, mate. Trent Cotchin's still in his pocket. (laughs) He owned a few. Um, Charlie's... He could play that role. I think he's probably a bit small. But a lot of the midfielders are 188-plus, and I don't think Charlie would have the strength to run with them and you know hold them around the stoppages and keep them away from the ball. But it is a possibility. But to play him as a tagger, you've also got to drop someone out of the midfield rotation. So I think we're going to be more an aggressive attacking midfield you, we've drafted some elite talent, and they're all midfielders, so we've got to run them through. So I suppose the question back to you is, which midfielder are you going to drop out of the rotation to put a tagger in? Is it going to be Wardlaw, LDU, Taron, Sheasel? It's not going to be... Will it, Phillips. Will Phillips, yeah. You could have him on the bench to come on, and if an opposition midfielder got uh, hold of us, Throw him in there as a, you know, case of emergency. But then once again, you you got to drop someone out of the best twenty-two to have him sitting there on the bench for that. So I'd say no, but maybe trial him in the uh, VFL and get that skill set under his belt, so he could come in if needed. And if you know we get injuries, he can come in and either be a normal midfielder or a defensive midfielder. Not a bad shout though, Vista. Yeah, the main main worry is how he'd go on a Bontempelli or a lot of the midfielders now are pushing 190 and he's obviously not blessed with height, Charlie, but definitely something he could add to his skill set. And, I mean, height's not everything. We're not... I know we're talking about a tagger, but you look at Lockie Neal, he's not tall and he just wins his own ball and he's clean. So that's probably more the role Charlie's got to aspire to. You know, he's probably not going to get to the Neal level. No. But um, it'd be nice if he did, but um, that's sort of probably more his go. Next up, we've got Damien on Facebook asking, Hey guys, I'd like to get your thoughts on whether we actually need another key position forward. A forward line with Dersma, Curtis, Harvey, Ford, maybe Blake Drury or Robbie Hanson Jr. Complimenting Larky is super dangerous, but still a bit young. Perhaps we really need two developing key forwards who'll be ready in four to five years' time as Larky's finishing or being less effective. This team is two years away from starting to bash teams. Oh, I like that, saying to bash teams, that'd be nice. I th- I think y- you still need the two key forwards. Um, obviously, we haven't got them at the moment. Um, we are blessed with some really good medium forwards. I mean, Cam Zerhard leads the way there. You've got Eddie Ford showing some potential in that role. You've got... The Sausage. The, oh, I was about to say, the Great White Hope, the Sausage, who will come in and can play that role. So you could probably get away with it. But if Larky goes down, we've got nothing. And we you, can't, you can't have, you know, 188 centimetre blokes playing on 195 if they've got a bit of mobility. But oh, we've also got Dersma to develop into that role as well. So potentially we, 
we could. I think it'll be more we need to rather than we want to. I'd really like a second tour forward. We, I mean, we saw Richmond do it in their first premiership where they only had Jack Rewalt. But they play, they, he just brought it to either marked it or brought it to ground and then they had the crummers. So, and they played a really aggressive knock at all costs, push it forward. It wasn't such a skillful, whereas I think ours are going to be more lead up. Certainly Dersma from his uh, scouting says he's a lead up forward. I mean, I think Sausage will crash and bash. So... It's a. There might be a necessity this year, but I think we've we've got to look for that second uh, tall forward. So it's a, probably a good point he's making that we can get away with it. Mm. But is it going to be a premiership model? Probably not. Like Richmond did get away with it, but the first thing they did at the end of the year, they recruited Lynch, yeah, exactly. another tall forward who was a you know the the best available in the trade. So they moved away from it after winning a premiership. So I think that's the, the model. We've got to get the second one into the team. In an ideal world. Damo, we'd have CCJ to be able to partner him every week, but just on form that we, that he's shown in the past, he's not someone that's cemented himself in the twenty-two. He's going to get opportunities this year for sure to try and do that. But as we've all seen, he's been very inconsistent and failed to make a massive impact in a lot of games. So hopefully Dersma can keep growing, and get to that one ninety-five would be ideal. But what is he at the moment? I think he's 191. 189, I think, the last I read. I'm, I'm glad they're still putting the heights in. Yes. But um, we'll get to that later. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to get that tall, but it'd be nice if he did. But, yeah, I think he's more in just your, your third tall, Zerha, sausage sort of role. So we're going to have a few of them. And they might all play through necessity until CJ takes the step we want him to or we find, recruit, trade someone else. Thanks for the question, Damo. So we had another one from one of my mates who's a Richmond supporter, the Texan. So he's put, I won't read it word for word, but basically that our list has no reason to smile and that we'll struggle to win a game, which is very rich coming from a Richmond supporter because they are on the way down. Yeah, they're falling fast. They've got no one on their list. Who have they got? Dusty, what's he, 35? Yeah, they've got... Dion Prestia and Jacob Opper who can barely got on the, get on the park and they've just stolen half their list from GWS. Yeah, and Kane Corns didn't even rate Toronto in the top 150, so it's good to see he's not just targeting North. Yeah, for once. He also made some disparaging comments about my man Cam and that he's not an elite talent. So I've put it to him, if he wanted to put a slab of the delicious St George on to see who kicks more goals in 2024, and he's agreed. So we've got a bet on Cam Zerha or Dusty Martin, who kicks more goals. So that'll be one that we can follow throughout the year and have a look at after each round. But no doubt, my man Cam, he's going to kick 30-plus easily. So, Dusty, it's over to you. Yeah, good bet there, Bazza. What did they each kick last year? So last year, Dusty kicked 25 goals from 20 games, and Cam kicked 20 from 16. So... It'll be an interesting contest this year, absolutely. Yeah, and I think the big Texan needs to go over his list a bit more before he worries about ours. They've missed the draft for about the last five years, and they're going to bottom out big time. It's going to be an atom bomb crater when they, <laughs> they hit the floor. So they're really struggling for elite talent on their list. Whoever they've got is you know, well past 26. Yeah, there's not many in the 18 to 24 age bracket. I'd like you to come forward and say who you've got in that bracket that excites your text, because I'm not seeing many. So back to our great club. During the week, there was a 2K time trial that was won by Jai Simpkin. Um, second, Dill Stevens, and third, Liam Shields, the old boy still putting in the work. A few surprises. Griffin Logan, seventh, stood out to a lot of people, coming back from an ACL when he's finishing seventh, which is extraordinary this time of year. Unbelievable for a bloke that size, and as you said, coming off a knee injury, seventh. I hope that says more about his fitness than the rest of the teams or squads. Yeah, just behind him was the Shees. I thought Shees might have beat him out. but Well, if he beat Shees, that's a great effort because there's no doubt Shees is fit and firing. He's doing everything he can, not leaving a stone unturned in pre-season. That's for sure. Yeah, maybe Griff had the elbows out and holding those smaller boys behind him. <laughs> and I saw Blake Durian, Charlie Lazaro behind him. There's no way they're getting past him. He gets the elbows out. 
Absolutely, not letting them pass. A little bump and they'll go flying <laughs> off. That's, that might be why he finished seventh. And one final update from training is that uh, our man on this podcast, the Sausage, has been training off half-back. So obviously going to use his booming right foot to penetrate the lines. What are your thoughts on the Sausage coming off half-back? Yeah, well, I don't mind it starting down there. Obviously, we've said it before, straight line the ball, playing your man, cut the angles, get the ball, and yeah, apparently he's a really good, low, penetrating, long kick, which is fantastic. He's, he's we, don't, we don't need hang time. You're not a punter in the NFL. You want booming darts. So apparently that's what he does from training reports. Just on training, I mean, we read the updates that people put on the various socials, and they're fantastic because living in Tassie, we can't get to training. Um, if I lived in Melbourne, I'd be at least once a week, I reckon, if, if uh, work commitments and family commitments permitted, uh, I just would love to go at least once a week to watch the boys. So shout out to people who provide those for us. It's big help. But yeah, the sausage has gone from one line that's got a lot of depth in the half-forward line to another one with a lot of depth at half-back. Oh, I miss that, yeah. There is a lot of depth at half-back. So... He might have to start in the uh, Magoos and work his way up, but you know, by all, all reports on him, he won't spend long there. Just get his fitness and his touch back after a couple of years out of football, and uh, he'll come in in some capacity. Yeah, we'll discuss him more as we get to the best twenty-three, which we'll start now with the fullback line. Big Chief, who have you got at the fullback line? Well, I've got Joint Captain Lukey Mack, head wobbles, back pocket. This is the best 23 for all available. So I've got big Griff Logue with his new running capacity at fullback and Aiden Core in the other back pocket. Funnily enough, I've got the same, so let's talk about him a bit. We'll start with Core. As we've said multiple times, big year for him. Leader down back, inexperienced back line. What are you expecting from him? Well, I expect a big year. I expect his form from the last six or seven games of last year to be standard. Um, Do you know what I expect from him? Not to be 30 metres behind his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, whatever game plan they've got, he's got to be the director down there. There's no Jack Zeeble down there anymore. He's got the co-captain in the other back pocket. They've got to really push whatever structures Clarko and the coaches to put in and lead by example. Then we'll go to Griffin Logue. Obviously, he's a, he's a lock in our 22 when available, but... Obviously, he's not. So who's your replacement for him in round one? All right. As I, we just said, haven't been to training, so this is just a gut feel, but I'll be going for Toby Pink. Yes, again, we've got the same. I've got Toby Pink. How would you rate the three? So we'll say him, Cal Dawson, and Biggie Nguyen. What order would you have them in? Well, I think Pink, even though he hasn't played, and like we said, we haven't even seen him live, just ahead of Dawson. I think Dawson, it's very close with those two. But I think uh, Dawson's had a couple of opportunities, only one last year, but um, a couple of the year before. And I'd give Pink first crack at it. And then I'd have Dawson as the next in. And Biggie, I haven't seen him at all. He's got a nice height, probably a bit lean. Um, yeah, he's he'd be third for mine. Yeah, I absolutely agree again. And then lastly, the co-captain we've got in that line as well, Luke McDonald. And I don't want to hear from any North fans about how he should be dropped and all that. Yes, he had a terrible year last year, but with the inexperienced back line we've got, we need him there to direct. We need, we've got no Jack Siebel down there. We need him to be able to provide that leadership and help the young players who haven't played in that position much to find their spots and be accountable. Yeah, he's still one of our better players. He had a down year, or everyone's allowed to have a down game. A year's probably a bit long to be down, but we'll back him in and uh, he gets first crack down there and he'll he'll get a reasonable run at it. He's not as if he plays his first game's bad, we're going to drop him. We'll give him a sustained crack at it. He was lucky last year. If we were a better side, he was absolutely dropped during, oh, during the yeah, season. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yep. You can't, you, you, it's not your spot for life. It's not the Australian eleven. I don't know. J Mac had that. Yeah, <laughs> he had a spot for life. J Mac was the coach's favourite. So we'll move to the half back line. I've got Colby McKercher, Charlie Combin, and Zach Fisher. 
bang, exactly the same again. <laughs> what is happening? Anyone think we're related? <laughs> Obviously, so, two great minds think alike. So, Colby, I've got him absolutely starting round one. Um, training the house down. Jai Simpkin during the week at a press conference dropped the holy crap. Hasn't seen, <laughs> hasn't seen anything like it apparently, which is interesting comments saying that one Harry Sheasel was there dominating the year before. So excited to see what he can bring. Yeah, I've got a feeling Jai might have said the same last year about Sheasel and Wardlaw, but um, and maybe the year before about the person we don't speak about, JHF. But yeah, no, they're obviously all very excited about Colby, and yeah, coming off half back with that left foot. Should be, and he's evasive, and he's willing to run and receive again. So he's going to really drive it. I mean, if he gets if he gets clean possession, I think he'll be an eighty meter player at least. You know, handball, handball, receive, run, kick, and hopefully retain. That's that's the key. When you kick it, we've got to retain it. Mm. And then Chom, I think he's probably the second most important player for us this year. Big year for Chom. I mean, he's the other great hope of North Melbourne. Um, We've spoken about it last podcast I was on. Go go to the back line. It should suit him. He's got the height. He's got the uh, pace and uh, manoeuvrability. He's an athlete and yeah. great overhead mark at that as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, reports are not a bad field kick. He, he wasn't a great set shot at goal when he was playing forward, but it's you know, it can get in your head when you're having a set shot at goal. A bit like putting for any golfers out there, but... um. Yeah, when when it's when it's all flying and it's natural and you're on the move and you don't have time to really think about it, it, it can be easier as a field kick. Yeah, expectations don't have to be too high. We've had some poor field kicks down there in the past with our man Josh Walker and Buckets Mackay, so <laughs> hopefully yeah. he'll be better than those two. Yeah, Buckets, he was just a 25-metre sideways kick, which when you look at it on reflection, we did retain the ball, but it gave the opposition plenty of time to set up behind. So then that next kick had a lot of pressure on it. So I think we're now we're going to, with this back line, if they're all available, we're going to be a, be a run and receive and drive the ball forward rather than sideways or you know, at least on a 45 angle into the centre to try and be more attacking. And new recruit, Fish. We've both got Zach Fisher on the half-back flank as well. Yeah, well, we recruited him. His form with Carlton at half-back was good. I'd... Must admit, I didn't see many of those games, but he was averaging about 26, 27 possessions. So, I mean, that's glass half full, glass half empty. Is when it came to finals, they couldn't find a spot for him. So, but mind you, they were a top four preliminary final team, and we were a bottom two team. So, I think you'll find a spot in our back line. As I've previously said, there's going to be some heat on for positions. So, you know, when you get your spot, you're going to have to. Work hard to keep it and be in good form. Otherwise, you've got other players who can come in and take that spot. So I think the worry for Fish is probably the defending part. He's obviously a great kick and got some pace. But being matched up on, especially one-on-one, could be a worry for him. Yeah, I didn't see enough of his one-on-one defending, but he, he's only short. So you'll play on the the short forwards and then try and work off them. Try and uh, when we our tools, not that we've got a lot down there, but if they can bring it to ground, hopefully he can be the first one to crumb it. We'll move on to the centre line. Do you want to reveal who you've got? Yes, yeah, so I've got the hard-working Bailey Scott on a wing. I've got LDU in the centre and new recruit Stevens on the other wing. So I'm similar. I've got Bailey Scott. Dill Stevens occupying the wings and George Wardlaw in the middle. Yeah, well, I think the middle, I mean, it's a centre, but it's the same as a Ruck Rover or Rover, so we'll see uh, who we have in those positions when we get to them. Yeah, so obviously Scott's a lock, top three in the BNF the last couple of years, really hard worker, easy selection there. Dill Stevens training the house down as every club has... About 15 players doing that this time of year. They're all ready for the Olympics for yeah. their personal best and their running form and their weights. They're off to Paris. Yeah. I think he solidifies his spot on the other wing. And for me, George Wardlaw, he picks himself the crash and bash clearance machine that he is, contested beast. Um, really looking forward. We've said at nauseam how excited we are to see him, so I don't need to touch too much on him. But, yeah, he's going to have a exciting 2024. Yeah, I agree. 
We'll talk about you when we name him in your team, if he makes it. I think he might just sneak in. So the centre-half forward line, I've got Jai Simpkin, Cam Zerha, Harry Sheasel. Wow. Same again. <laughs> Will there be any controversy in our teams? Um, yeah. The worry is probably Zerha at centre-half forward because he's not that size, but he's a bull. He's... Uh, Apparently, another one is off to Paris because he's lost five or six kegs, if we can still say that. AFL alert. Yeah. Um, for, for those who follow me on social media, put a photo up recently of of the ball, and, gee, he's looking lean. Very lean. Must have passed on the briskets, a few more salads in the diet. I reckon bull's cooking, so excited with how he's looking and the impact he can make. Yeah, brisket can be a lean meat if you don't eat the burn ends and the, the fatty bit, so maybe he's just trimming that off and that's going to his... Cat, dog, whatever he's got, <laughs> or someone else at the club. Um, Not Griff, he's looking lean too. Nah, they're, they're all looking good. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be, the controversy is not between us, but I suppose a lot of listeners are thinking, will get him in the middle, get him in the middle. Well, reserve your comments until maybe you see who we've got in the middle. Obviously, Sheasel and Simkin on the flanks, they're going to rotate through the middle. I like particularly Sheasel's ball use forward to centre. He's, he'll be a goal kicker and he'll be able to not panic, use his skills and find an open target as well to have a shot maybe within 30 metres of goal rather than kicking long points from around the 50 mark. Yeah, Zerha, hopefully he hasn't trimmed down too much. He can still crash a few packs. Mm. But um, I like the fact that he's really taken it seriously. Not saying he didn't before, but obviously he's taken it to a next level, which I think we've all been hoping he can do. And if he can play all games, then uh, you should be enjoying a nice chilled St George Bogues from uh, your good mate Tex as he wallows in pity of Richmond probably winning the spoon. Oh, I wouldn't go that. I think West Coast have got the spoon, but we'll get to that in our... Yeah, no, you're probably right. There, ...crystal so. ball episode So they'll miss out on number one pick as well, Richmond. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, they'll trade it away for another washed-up 28-year-old. But Yeah, just going back on Sheasel, I think he'll be similar to what Taron was in the previous years, 50-50. We saw in the, the game against Sydney last year, move forward for a quarter, kicked two goals, nearly won us the game off his own boots, so... The damage he can cause forward is going to be immense. And if we can get in the chain at half forward and be delivering it to Larky, then he's going to get the surprise of his life because he's been having it shanked to him for three <laughs> years. And if he gets the she's delivering it to him on a silver platter, look out. Yeah, and he'll be the fifth member, him and Jai, taking turns, I suppose, going up to the stoppage. So he'll still be round the stoppage and be able to work his magic round there, and that, but more in a more attacking role. And just touching on Jai quickly, I think he'll be similar to Shee's few midfield minutes. Probably not as many as Sheasel, but he'll be rotating half forward and probably on the wing when Stevens or Scott's out as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Righto, Chieftain, full forward line. Okay, got one of my favourites, Paulie Curtis in the forward pocket. Oh, no surprises here, the big Sulv full forward. And... This is probably the hardest spot to fill for me, but I've backed in Slevo, Jaden Stevenson, uh, for the other forward pocket. Let's remember, he played, or probably more a full forward role, Collingwood coming out of the square with his pace. Um, he probably, he'll be the most pacey of the uh, forward line, and I think there's a spot for him. He's a good set shot at goal. So, yeah, he gets the last spot on the forward line. Right, I have Paul Curtis as well. Nick Larkey's just snuck into my team <laughs> ahead of Hamish Free. Uh, no, just kidding. And then the other forward pocket, I've got the man with the swagger, Eddie Ford. I think he's had a really good solid second half of the year, so he's starting in my side. Wow, we've finally got a point of difference. So what's what do you see the benefit of Ford over Stevenson in the, on the field? I just think he's more dynamic, has more versatile, has the ability to play up the ground a little bit more. If a Sheezer wanted to play deeper, um, good overhead mark. His crumbing ability is not great, but 
neither Slavo's really. He's more of a lead up as well, kicks a lot of his goals that way. Um, I do have Steve-O on my bench as a bit of a spoiler, so I've still got him in the side, but I think Ford's just ahead of him at this stage. Yeah, I think if you're picking Ford in that spot, it'd be for his marking more than anything. He's a better mark than Steve-O, and obviously we've only got really Larkin and Zerha as marking targets, so having a third one, as going back to Damien's question from earlier in the pod, another marking option if you could isolate him one-on-one which we hope to isolate all our forwards one-on-one um curtis is good mark as well but a little bit shorter so another one that i didn't think of as well is his ability to be able to be a lockdown on a intercepting defender yeah as we saw he did on sicily and um jake lever flogged him last year so he has that ability to be able to perform that role as well yeah, I think Steve-O kicked a couple of handy snaps off packs or, you know, loose balls. And the other the other thing he needs to do, Steve-O, to be in there is he's got the most pace, as I said. He's got to use that defensively as well. Maybe some really chase-down tackles or if not tackles, at least affect the kick by putting pressure on the kicker. So I think he can do that probably better than Eddie. So it's a, it's a toss-up. I've gone with Steve-O, you've gone with Ford. Yeah, I think Steve-O's tackling did get better last year, but he needs to get better and just defensive pressure all around is something that we're, we've been lacking for a few years, minus Kano. Um, so if he can bring that and add that to his game, then he'll easily solidify himself in that forward pocket role. Yeah, I think Kano's gone. We've got to let it go. I'm never letting go of Kano. <laughs> Shout out, shout out to you, Kane Turner, if you're listening. Yeah. No doubt you're listening. Um, yeah. Come on the pod, mate. We'd love to have you on. We, we hey, love you. Kane, is he the uh, special guest? He did play over 100 games. And he did play in finals. Yeah, no, it's not Kano, unfortunately. Oh. Sorry to let all the listeners down. It's not Kane I'm Turner. A, I'm a Kano fan too, so shout out to you as well, Kano. He's going to tear it up at whatever level he's playing. Country footy, you'll be yeah. smashing blokes. Yeah, yeah. He'll, they'll feel him coming. They'll feel, they'll feel the hits from Kano. They'll see him and go, he's about 70 kilos. I'm all right yeah. here. And then bang! Look, yeah. when he knocked out Rory Laird in front of us down yeah, the stone. Fantastic. Well, not for Rory, but... No, no, but we don't care about the opposition that much. Yeah, as long as he's all right. As long as they're all right to have a beer after the game, like in the uh, 80s. Right, the followers. I've got Tristan Cherry, LDU... Taron Thomas. Right, well, I've got the same. Obviously, I'm not able to you. I've got Wardlaw. So that was just a toss of the coin as to who played in them. They're all midfield. It's all, it's all the same. They're midfield all midfielders. Mix. They're all centre bounce clearance people. So that, that's the same team. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Cherry. It's his big year. Once again, training the house down. I just want him to get a good run at it, really, just to see, hopefully he proves me right, that he can be a reliable AFL standard ruckman. There's a lot of doubters. You listen around the North community. I'm hoping too. I'm just not as hopeful. <laughs> well, you should be more hopeful because you've got less belief, maybe. If he can be a C-grade player, he's doing his job, but, yeah, I'm not, not too sold on Cherry. I'm hoping to be proven wrong. I just don't think I'm going to be. A lot of teams only have C, C plus, maybe B at best. Ruckman. We obviously know the Max Gorns um, of the world and the Tim English who are A grade, but most teams don't have much more than a B grade. Yeah, but you compare him to someone like a Kieran Briggs who came in halfway through the season, no one had heard of him, and he made a much bigger impact at the Giants than any game Cherry's played for North. Yeah. He did, I agree. So Briggs is now a B-pluser, isn't he? Mm, that's what Cherry mm. needs to yeah. aspire so to. I'm hoping that he can take the similar step when he gets a good, decent crack at it. But the proof will be in uh, how he goes this year. Absolutely. So we'll move on. We won't talk too much about Taron and LDU. Everyone knows their locks and the ability. We've talked a lot about them in the pre-season already. So move on to our interchange benches. Who have you got on the bench Okay, so I've gone a backman, two midfielders, and a forward for the rotation. So the backman will be Bergman. Just got him ahead of Goda, 
at this stage. What are your reasons for that? I just think he's shown a little bit more. Just uh, it's, it's it was real. It was a toss of a coin, and I like his kicking. I think it's probably more reliable. I think Goat is a really good kick too, but I've probably just splitting hairs. I've just gone with Bergman. So if Bergman doesn't produce, Goat Goat will be in next. So he's my backman. I've gone Will Phil Phillips and Tommy Powell as the relief centerman. I think they've both got great upside. We've seen it in glimpses. I think Will Phil had a pretty decent run of form last year. Tommy Power probably didn't get to play the midfield positions he wanted, but I think he's his handballing is really good. His vision's good. His decision making's good. Um, and I think well, once again, I think he might have been a little bit injured last year, hampered by that. He had uh, groin a lot of dealing with a lot of groin injuries. Spoil reports. Yeah, so hopefully he can be a hundred percent and show us what what he's got. He was a first round pick. Um, he can find the ball. He can use the ball when he finds it. So I think he'll be good relieving the uh, A-grade midfielders and coming off and we won't dip too much in quality. They're, they're quality AFL midfielders, in, I believe. So the whole list has improved in talent and I think the fact that these two are on the bench shows that, whereas a couple of years ago they were probably starters. Now they're moving to the bench. And my last position is Coleman Jones. Another one, a bit like Cherry, is much talked about, but I think we need that, back to Damien's uh, question, we need that second tall option. Obviously, Cherry can uh, be relieved by him in the ruck. Um, yeah, so that's why I've got him in there. And again, a, a big year, and he needs to find his form quickly. And what about your 23rd member at well, the sub? Yeah, well, that's Goda. So I think he can come in. He can obviously play a halfback role. Um, and he could probably be used on a wing if you know one of the wingers got injured or they need a rotation as well. So my interchange, I've got Will Phillips, Jaden Stevenson, Josh Goda, and Cow Coleman-Jones with Tom Powell as the sub. So Will Phil, easy choice there, contested player, being able to find the ball on his own. He's had really good tackle numbers last year as well, and being able to be a distributor to get it to the likes of your LDUs and your Taron Thomases. Steve-O obviously can be a crumbing forward, adds another layer to our forward line. Goda, I went with Goda just above Bergman, just purely for height and strength. I don't think Bergman's weak by any point, but I think Goda just has that edge a little bit in what already is a, a small back line with McKercher and Fisher both being 180 or less. I think just that extra element of Goda's height and he's probably a little bit more damaging by foot than Bergman, in my opinion. I think he's more damaging, but I think Bergman's probably more reliable with that 30-metre kick. Yeah, that's, that's, as I said, was splitting hairs, and I like the fact you've gone for the height with Goda over Bergman. That was a big decision for me. I'd like to see Goda really use that height. I'd, I'd, uh, I'll be watching him closely when he plays just to make sure he, you know, he's using that to his maximum advantage. And then Coleman Jones, I tossed up. He was in and out of my side a lot while I was doing this. But the main reason I've gone for him is we've moved on from Goldie. Goldie was a ruckman who could play 95% time in the ruck and really have a spell. I don't think Cherry will be able to do that as much. So if we don't play Coleman Jones, who's the backup ruck? Hugh Greenwood, well, he's not in the, any of our 23s. Zerha has done it in the past, but I don't think you can rely on that Well, he wrecked his much. ankle, and he's 189. I yeah. mean, most ruckmen are 201 minimum, so he's giving away 12 centimetres to start with. His leap's pretty good, and he's, if he's dropped the five or six kegs, it'll be a little bit better, but I don't he, think he's not going to make up 12 centimetres. No, and not, then, then you've got the reach as well, the longer arms of the 200-centimetre giants. It's so. not a viable option to do. It's... You could do it in-game if there was an injury, potentially, but it's not a season-long no, viable option. you can't option. have him doing that 23 games. No, That's... so CCJ for me, and also adds a bit more height and potential 
kick long when needed, just a, a get out kick down to him to create a contest and give Larky a bit of help down there. I don't think he's going to have a massive year, but hoping he does and can make that spot his own. But he gets first crack in my side. And then Tom Powers, the sub, just unlucky to miss. Um, with the amount of players we have on half forward that can play in the midfield as well. So that's the reason why he's just missed out on mine. But I've just noticed in your side, where's Eddie Ford? There's no Eddie Ford. He was very unlucky. It was a toss-up between him and Slevo. And we've discussed why I went for Slevo. So Eddie Ford is very unlucky. He is one of the emergencies. So any injury to a, a Ford type and he will come in. Do you want to... There was no pun intended when I said Ford type either because he's obviously the ultimate Ford. But... Um, <laughs> He's Eddie Elvis Ford. The Ford Fiesta. <laughs> yeah, well. What sort? So who are you, who, be a Ford F-150. Who are your emergencies then? My emergencies are Pink, who, as previously discussed, will come in for Logue for the first half of the year and have a really good run, hopefully, and you can make it really hard for him to be knocked out of that spot. Uh, Eddie Ford, as we just discussed, he'll be back up for Fords, and I couldn't leave Sausage out. Once again, he's the great hope of North Melbourne fans, and as you've discussed earlier, he's also a half-back option if they're going to trial him there, so hopefully it won't be too long before he gets in, and it's due to good form, not injuries or suspensions from uh, first 18 players. So I've gone with the Sausage as well. He's our man, so I had to get him in. Unfortunately, couldn't fit him in the 22 because I think he needs to get some games under his belt just because he's missed so much footy. I've got Bergman as well, um, just as a half-back option in the emergencies, and then I've gone for a bit of experience. I've got the pup, Liam Shields, as well, as cover for midfield and half-forward positions. Yeah, I don't mind that. Experience to come in. You know, If there's a last-minute injury in, during the warm-up, he can come in and know exactly what his role is and execute it. And be a voice for Clarko. He's all over Clarko's game plans and everything. So also has that ability to, as well as provide leadership, you don't win four flags and not know what you're doing. So three flags, sorry. He's only won three. Clarko with the four, obviously. But yeah, that's the best 23 of ours. Fairly similar, but a couple of differences with Powell and Goda and Eddie Ford. Yeah, so... Bit a bit of debate around the dinner table and see who performs and who doesn't. Hopefully they all perform and we get some wins on the board. I'll just quickly go through the VFL team, going who's who's missed out. So from the back line, I've got Archer, Pink, Will Dawson, halfback, Hardiman, Callan Dawson, Drury, centre line, Curtis Taylor, Liam Shields, Tucker. Half forward, Eddie Ford, Marley, Dersma. Forward, Pocket, Hanson Jr., Biggie, and then Sausage George. And then the Rucks, Free, Greenwood and Lazaro, and the interchange of Harvey and Goad. So if you look at that team, we've got 20 without even a, any VFL fill-in players. So obviously, that's a, I think that's a pretty strong and young talented team so I'm really hoping we have a good run of injuries so most of those can play in the VFL develop their craft get a winning culture and the VFL side you know I'd really like them to finish top four top six at worst but a lot of that depends on injuries so we'll see how they go an interesting name that's been talked about a lot on the north socials and Track watches is Finbar Maley. They reckon he's coming along quite quickly, so keep an eye on him. There's, I reckon if you asked people two months ago, he was 0% chance to play in 2024, but seems to be grasping his opportunity well, so keep an eye on that name. Yeah, I'd like to see him do well. The um, big moose, they call the him. The big moose. I said big antlers. <laughs> so that's our best 23, and the big chief has done a VFL side there. Right, it's time to move on to everybody's favourite segment. It's time for Grind My Gears, Brian. So I'll kick it off. 
And it's one that shouldn't upset me, but it does. It is football related. People on social media, anytime there's a North post, straight under it, nuffies from other clubs talking, well, they should improve with all the pigs I've been given. Rah, rah, rah. It's all the same recycled shit. And my question to them back, have a look at your club. The amount of St Kilda and Hawthorne supporters that do it. Have a look what your club's been given. We got a pick in the 20s over two years. Pick 19, which ended up being 27 in the draft. Wowee, what a what a big handout that was from the AFL. St Kilda, look how you got Rewalt, Luke Ball, Hawthorne, Buddy, Roughhead, all and um, old Fats in WA. What's his name? Xavier Ellis. Have a look at your own backyard before you come having a big thinking you're a hero. You'll get a couple of likes on Facebook and, oh, ha-ha, people will think you're funny. Do the research. It fires me up, Chief. I've had enough. I'm well, sick of re- responding to these idiots. I shouldn't give them the time of day, I know. I should just let it go. But it's hard to when you see such idiocy on social media. How about fact check? How about fact check? Look at your own backyard. A bit like Big Texan with Richmond. Look at your own backyard. I can't think of hardly any clubs that haven't had help from the AFL. Now, they had the whole tanking debacle. Hello, Carlton. Hello, Melbourne. Which is why they got rid of it. You used to, if you won less than four games in a year, well, it might have been four and a half, you uh, immediately got a priority pick. So that was the tanking. The AFL got rid of that. But most clubs during the 80s, and until they banned it, got some assistance from that. Collingwood made finals, had a horrid run of injuries, fell out, came second or third last, one didn't win the required amount. And who'd they get? Fairly handy player, Scott Pendlebury. Basketball background. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's chasing, trying to chase down Boomer's uh, games record holder. So fairly handy. Then the NGA, they changed that. Footscray or Bulldogs. They got um, Jamar Eagle Hagen, pick one. Then they, they changed those rules. So we missed out on Riley Sanders. They give us a pick in the second and third round. Who do we get? Darcy Tucker, Griffin Logue. Hardly going to change, you know, handy players, they're on our list. Griff, Griff's in uh, our best 23, Darcy wasn't, so they're hardly game changes. And then, as you mentioned last year, picks that ended up 26, 27, and then the future one we traded for Dill Stevens. So it's hardly game changing. It's hardly, look, don't even get me started on the Gold Coast and what they got. <laughs> Do not get me started on that. Just have a look at that. Well, just touching on the NGA and father-sons, over a three-year period, we could have drafted, if it was all open draft, which everyone seems to want now, we would have had Jamari Uglehagen, Nick Dacos, and Will Ashcroft. Yeah, pretty handy. Pretty Pretty handy handy three players there, and I think we're probably not finishing 17th with that list. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, anyway, that's enough of that. Um, just, it just fires me up. Just do your research, people, because as I said, most AFL teams have had some sort of handout, whether it be financial or players. I mean, and it's still going on with the NGA in the Northern States. I mean, Sydney, how many free hits do they get in the draft? No wonder they don't bottom out very often. Mm, exactly right. And then they, Blakey, who his father played 180-odd games with us, they got him because he was assistant coach there, so Nick lived... In Sydney. Well, of course he's going to live with his dad. Father-son should come over NGA in that circumstance. And Great. Scott had the same option, but he was smart enough to pick the shin bonus. Now I'm fired up more than you, I think, Bazza. But we'll move on to mine. Mine is the AFL banning players' weights. <laughs> I mean, my God, these are professional athletes. You need to compare. I mean, how do you compare someone like a Bergman to someone like a Zerha? They're approximately the same height. But obviously, Zerha or Young Sausage, when he comes in, they're going to be a lot stronger because they're thicker set. It doesn't mean they're fat. <laughs> they're getting paid four, five, I mean, $100,000 a year. Surely they can take a little more. Get off the socials if someone says, oh, you're fat. You're a professional athlete. Boxers stand there on the scales in their undies <laughs> to make the weight. Sometimes they don't make the weight. Jockeys have their weights. They've got to make weight. 
professional wrestlers have their weights announced to the whole stadium when they come in, weighing in at 300 pounds and they're big, fat men. Who cares? I can understand maybe the AFLW side of things having their weights not... Yes, weight. because they're not fully professional and there are a lot of different shape sizes in that and there's a lot of difference, but... Man, they're fully professional. I wonder if any players actually care. Well, that leads me to this. On social media, you might not have seen this. You're not really all over the socials. On Twitter... I'm old school. I just use the phone if I want to talk to someone. <laughs> the dial-up. Or watch the news every night uh, if I want something. Our man Chom on, on Twitter went off about it and then turned into a bit of a bad boy rebellion and posted his weight on Twitter. Wow. He'll get a please explain from the AFL. His appointments after Taron's at AFL office, I reckon. And how are we going to say, Kingy said uh, Zerha shredded five to six Ks. How are we going to know that? How are we going to know that? Um, And the other thing, Ruckman, young Ruckman come in or key position players, they're 198 centimetres, 200 centimetres. We need to know their weight because if they're 84 kegs, you know, right, they're three, four, five-year project. If they're 96 kegs, uh, they're not far off. They could probably play. It's Big Ignon, prime example. Goad, what's he, 207 and about 90, 90, which is not bad. But you see when you read the draft report, some of the ruckmen are, you know, pushing 200 and they're in the 80s. You think, well... They're not going to play against men at that weight. What about Kano when he got drafted? About 50 kilos. Yeah, and played, and as you said before, and took, took uh, led to the uh, land of the uh, Tweety Birds. <laughs> Didn't he start his career well? This is just turning into a Kane Turner podcast. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. No, nah, we love the Kane. He started well and then never got better. But Right, that's about it. Um, we've had our grow my gears. Like I said earlier in the pod, we'll be back next week with a very, very special guest, a former Shimboner. If you missed the hints, he's played in finals, played over 100 games for the Kangas. Really excited to get him on and get his thoughts and a few stories along the way. So Second round draft pick. Yep. Well, don't give him too much. These, these North fans are smart. I thought we dropped that. Out. We yeah, I, think, drop I that. think we did, actually. Anyway, that's enough of us rambling on. Thank you for listening once again. You can find us on socials at the Shimboner Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you hear, leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Music. And until next time, go Kangas. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me. Hey!